Hey there, fellow pop culture nerds, Christian from the Proton Pack podcast here. Tony and I recently made the transition to host our podcast at anchor.fm, and they made switching from our previous podcast host an absolute breeze. Whether you're old pros like us or new to the podcast game, Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. In fact, you don't even need the complete tech setup that we use. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free. That includes creation tools allowing you to record and edit your podcast, which you can do right from your phone or computer, and it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. And as you gain traction with your show, you can easily make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to another episode of the Proton Pack Podcast. I'm Chris, and with me always is the Bucky Barnes to my Steve Rogers, Tony. Say hey, Tone. Hey, guys. That's all I really had. Hey, guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like uh, Winter Soldier has a catch line or something that you can yeah, he doesn't. impersonate. Yeah, he does She just say, I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I just, I, I disappointed and uh, shit the bed with that intro. There you go. <laughs> so uh, this is our 25th episode, uh, sort of a big milestone, and it falls at a perfect time. Uh, we are doing a huge Avengers Endgame spoiler episode. So if you haven't seen it yet, um, I would say pause this podcast, go out and see it, and about three and a half hours later, come back and then continue listening to the podcast. Yeah, uh, so... Huge spoilers. You don't you don't want to keep listening because we are going to spoil the shit out of this movie. Yep. And uh, we're going to do things a little bit differently. Um, for those of you that listen regularly, you know that we start with television, we go on to movies, and then we move on to uh, video games or, or whatever's beyond that. Uh, in this case, we're going to start with Avengers. We're going to get a bunch of that out of the way. Then we're going to move on to our normal stories and pepper in a little more Avengers stuff in there. But... Uh, just to say you've been forewarned, if you start listening to this and then get pissed off because we ruined something because you haven't seen the movie yet, that's on you, not us. I'm going to get that son of a bitch. Yep, exactly. You're not going to get us because we're spoiling it. We're telling you. <laughs> and so before we go into that, we're going to uh, drop down a, a couple of our um, shameless plugs. Uh, the first... Uh, for, again, those of you that listen know that uh, my main focus is a dog rescue nonprofit called Rough Riders. Uh, we are always looking for great feedback. We've got a growing Instagram, a growing Facebook page, and, uh, you know, we are a nonprofit. So we're always looking for donations from people who love dogs. And uh, we're doing a big promotion right now to uh, get a transport fleet of vehicles. So to start with two vehicles. So that way we can pull more dogs from the euthanasia list 
at a given moment uh, as opposed to right now where we can only really do three to four at a time. Yeah, it's a great cause and uh, all all proceeds go to help out Rough Riders. And, uh, you know, if you've got a spare few bucks here or there, you know, feel free to donate. We'll share the link. Um, and uh, yes, definitely good cause. So donate. Yep. <laughs> I like it. Uh, Tony every week does another pop culture show. If you want to give us a little background on that. Yeah, so I do a show on Sunday nights with uh, Jimmy Jones. We do a show called Pop Culture Kaboom. You can listen to us on KNVC Reno. That is, let me just pop it in here real quick so I don't drop the ball. Because you would think, for a guy that does a half hour a week, would know his stuff. That is KNBC Carson City Radio 95.1. I am a part of the number one radio show on 95.1 KNBC. Listen to us uh, Pacific Time. So if you're in Nevada, that would be a 7 o'clock. I pop <laughs> on at uh, seven, about 7.40 every week. Um and then uh, if you're listening in Colorado, that's 840. We go live. I don't know how I sound or anything. So, uh, yeah, just check us out. And that's Pop Culture Kaboom. Follow us on uh, Facebook and YouTube. I do a YouTube show with Jimmy. It airs every Tuesday. So you can look at my beautiful face, which we tried to do for our show today. But due to technical difficulties, that's not happening today. So. Nope. No. Oh, well. All right. Hey, do you know if uh, either that KNVC show or the YouTube show is uh, broadcast as a podcast? Um, well, are... it is not. Uh, KNVC doesn't uh, back up their, uh, their their archives or anything. So if you want to listen to it live, you got to do it on Sunday nights um, from 7 to 9 uh, p.m. It's a two-hour show. Hosted by Jimmy Jones. And then the YouTube show, not podcast, but you can follow us on YouTube. He breaks them down into segments. So if you don't want to watch a long show, you can get the best of the TV, pop culture, comic books, toys, collectibles, video games, um, graphic novels, as well as uh, movies, which I only partake in the movie parts. So. Oh, very cool. Very cool. And then uh, finally, the last shameless plug, unless Tony has something after this, is uh, check out uh, one of the partner websites our sister websites uh totally rad 1981.com and uh, there we sell t-shirts that are inspired by um you know the brands and the movies and the television series of the 80s and 90s that we grew up with and if you enjoy that stuff also follow us on our instagram and facebook pages um totally rad 1981 is going to be where you can find that and we show all kinds of uh fun old cartoon intros and old commercials and and things that are just a nice little nostalgic throwback to uh a simpler time if you will right very simple times there the more you know so <laughs> <laughs> you get any of that stuff <laughs> All right. And you guys will notice that uh, over the last couple episodes, Tony's been playing with some sound bites. Uh, he had done those from his phone before. Uh, now he got it hooked up into the computer, so we get some nice clear sound with that. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Hopefully it'll translate pretty well in the recorded version. Yeah, and if and if it's annoying or whatever, just let us know. We're trying to find, you know, fun ways to make this uh, more more fun. I mean, you guys get to hear our voice, but we like to add a little humor and sound bites in there and 
always trying and to entertain ourselves to really yeah absolutely you know because you got to remember we are recording from both colorado and nevada so um two different locations as we do the show <laughs> all right getting into the show again spoiler alert if you have not seen avengers endgame pause the episode now uh with that being said i went and saw it uh the saturday it opened with my boys and that was a lot of fun uh tony saw it thursday night and he's seen it a couple times since then as well um i still have yet to see it my second time but uh i can't wait i i i wanted to see it again as soon as i finished watching it the first time yeah, it's got the uh, replayability, um, rewatchability, replayability. What is this, a video game? <laughs> no, you gotta, you want to spend, uh, I spent nine hours of my life, if not more, <laughs> uh, seeing this. I've seen it three times. I saw opening night, uh, regular screen, and then I caught it in 3D a couple of days later. When the 3D's okay, it's not bad. The movie's still awesome. Right. And then the third time I saw it in Dolby Digital, loud, in your face, your butts rumbling. Oh, man. It was fantastic, <laughs> except for the screen that crapped out right at a very crucial part of the movie. It just stopped. And thank God I had seen it already because I knew what was coming. So Yeah. Oh. That'd be a bummer for anybody who hadn't seen it. Oh, man. There was a lot of people that didn't know what was coming. It, like, literally jumped from um, – is it okay to spoil it now? Is it, yeah. Has yeah. It been, okay, so there's that the scene. The Russos okay, say when, it's okay now. When when uh, past Thanos is now in their present future, and he's ready to show down with Captain America, and Captain America's shield's already busted, and he's bleeding, and he's just like, oh, man, we are not going to win this. And then the screen froze, or the sound went out, and then the screen froze with, you know, Tubby Thor and his badass Viking beard, and it just <laughs> screen just froze. And everyone's like, we want a refund! Rewind the movie! And then all of a sudden, the screen's still frozen, and you're like, on your left? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> the Black Panther is just on the screen. So, for people that didn't uh... see it, yeah, they got shit on, man. They got... They, they didn't get that cool effect of... Uh, everyone's seeing you know just coming back from the unsnap and uh mm -hmm. i gotta tell you if you guys haven't seen it multiple times i think you need to because the whole time travel aspect of it um makes more sense it may, it, it was really mind-numbing to think about um first, <laughs> the first time. go around yeah. yeah because we think in the vein of back to the future and uh well at least i do right. and uh, and it's great because they totally uh rip on that and they say are you saying that you're basing time travel all on back to the future well that back to the future is full of shit so um of course chris and i's you know one of our favorite movies and uh yeah so you got to see it a few times to to really get that time travel under wraps so mm -hmm. I, I think it makes more sense to me now than it did the first time so you're in for a treat seeing it a second time chris for sure nice now going into it obviously we had no idea what the premise was going to be that if if it was going to be um you know the quant quantum realm if it was going to be time travel if it was going to be something with uh you know the reality stone or the time stone or the um, soul stone you know what was going to play into any of it and uh you know the fact that they went with time travel is always like at first when they started talking about time travel i was like uh-oh because Sometimes movies treat it really well and they figure out how to do it like this one did. Other times movies have a 
a hard time with time travel and then there's giant plot holes and nothing's figured out and so uh i was a little worried at first but uh i knew it was in good hands oh yeah it was fantastic the way they did it too and i I love that they were pretty true to the what the trailers. There was that big rumor that your first like twenty minutes was all what you saw in the trailer, yeah. but uh, not necessarily. I mean, a chunk of it was, but uh, they were good to keep out key points. Like uh, they didn't really spoil that Tony Stark was walking with them in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, their whole uh, time travel suits that was actually later in the movie, which was great when they went to the quantum realm. Um, gosh, it was just three. It was like the fastest three hours. It was over in a snap. Yeah, it didn't feel like three hours, which is nice. I mean, that's the way a three hour movie should be. But yeah, uh, it, very enjoyable. First time I went and saw it, I didn't piss once. No pee breaks. Yep. Second time, one piss break. Third time, man, I took like two piss breaks. But you knew what was coming. So yeah. That was okay, <laughs> but uh, no, it was uh, they did it really well, and uh, I think fans in general did a really good job of not spoiling anything. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, thinking back on the trailers that they released, and they really didn't show a whole lot, but they showed a lot of recaps of the previous movies in the MCU series, which. In seeing the movie now makes sense because they travel back in time. You get to go to, you know, the first invasion of New York. um, And there's a number of spots during the movie itself that go back to uh, previous movies that uh, play in really well. And uh, hell, I want to go see it right now. I'm going to hang up a tone and and go check it out. (laughs) He's out of here. He's snapping out, man. He's done. (laughs) So story-wise, I mean, obviously there's a lot of things that happened in this. Um, First thing is I expected more of a role from Captain Marvel. I expected her to be a key player in this and defeating Thanos again. And, um, and she really wasn't, I was sort of surprised. Yeah, I was disappointed. She was barely in the movie. I, I almost would have to say to anyone that hasn't, well, it's too late. You're listening to the podcast, so it's already spoiled. But, man, you really didn't even need to see Captain Marvel. They built her up to be this badass. She wasn't really in the movie a whole lot. No. She was very lackluster. Her role in it, too, was, I mean, let's do some pros and cons with uh, with Carol Danvers right now. Um Love that she was the one that saved Tony Stark. That was great. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't really tie into the Easter egg from the end of uh, Ant-Man and Wasp. Um, or no, that wasn't Ant-Man and Wasp. Which one? Oh, at the end, excuse me, at the end of Captain Marvel, where she shows up and they're all staring at the pager. Like, they didn't mm-hmm. even touch that. They didn't even touch that at all in the movie. You had to see that in the end credit of Captain Marvel and... Uh, She's just kind of there, like everyone already knows who she is, and uh, you know, I do think the funniest, one of the funniest jokes in there was uh, her interaction, her one interaction with uh, Rocket, where he's like, "Hey, uh, so what do you got? Why can't you be here? You got another haircut you got to get." And then she's <laughs> at the classic current uh, style of uh, Captain Marvel's hair, and she goes, "There are other planets that need me more." And then for the big fight, she shows up and. In one fell swoop, she destroys Thanos' ship. 
So she was this powerful. Where the hell has she been? Well, not only that, but if she has this ability to, you know, basically destroy these ships and, and power through, when she gets the gauntlet and is trying to get the gauntlet um, to the van, why on earth would she need the help of all the other female superheroes? I mean, it seemed like a, uh, you know, just a we're inclusive to type moment because there's no way that Captain Marvel would have trouble going through a horde of, um, you know, oncoming enemies when she just destroyed Thanos' ship in one felt swoop. Yeah, it... There's definitely some things I did. I just didn't feel like, and I've asked a few people what they thought and they all, uh, they all definitely agreed that that was a, uh, um, big time, uh, kind of, there was really no point for her in it. Um, so hopefully they have bigger and better things for her. Cause Captain Marvel, the movie was actually very entertaining. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The other thing that threw me for a loop is, you know, they killed Thanos off like right at the beginning of the movie I was like, holy crap, you know, who's the bad guy now? And uh, they treated that. Oh, yeah, that... they killed him really fast. And then the whole thing, too, is you said go for the head. I yeah. went for the head, you know. So. <laughs> um, well, while we're there, um, you know, obviously one of the big um, spoilers they weren't trying to give away during the, uh, um, you know, the – um, trailers and everything was Thor. And I mean, that was probably one of the funniest parts of the movie is that, you know, after that five year period, you know, Thor got out of shape and, you know, they played on the whole big Lebowski theme. And uh, again, I think he was probably one of the funniest parts of the entire movie. Yeah, definitely. Cause they do go, so they show up and they go find Thanos rather easy thinking once Ant-Man comes in, talks, uh, quantum realm or all they have to do is find thanos to go get the gems back and turns out thanos destroyed the stone so now there's no unsnapping their friends back to existence so thor chops his head off and then they separate for the longest that was one con i would put for the movie too would five years later (laughs) i think they just wanted to drive that point home yeah yeah, it's on the screen and it just takes forever. You're like, dude, just say five years later. Yeah. Um, there are some key Easter eggs in that next scene when they're uh, Captain America's the counselor. Um, you've got the creator of Thanos is in there. Mm-hmm. And um, the Joe, Russo brothers. Yeah, he's in there talking about his husband and how it's weird to date after the snap. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I like the fact that, uh, you know, obviously Hawkeye came back into this and, you know, they gave him a more prominent role in this. And, um, you know, he's essentially not Hawkeye anymore. He's the character of Ronan. And they even had an Easter egg at the very beginning where, uh, you know, he's showing his daughter how to shoot the bow and arrow. And he says, good shot, Hawkeye, uh, going towards the television, the limited series that uh, they're going to be doing for Disney Plus, where he's going to be training his um, apprentice. Yeah, it's going to be awesome for the to see where the the MCU goes after all this. I mean, it's three hours. It's just they, they tried to really tie up a lot of things. And I think you got to go into it with just such an open mind and don't let it frustrate you because some stuff does seem implausible, like, eh. 
especially when you start getting into time travel, man, you might grit your teeth a bit because um, it's, uh, it's definitely a little weird um, because the premise is they have to go and get the uh, the all the they have to go back once they just once Scott Lang came back, which that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And uh, once he came back in the fold and they had the quantum realm and they, you know, Tony Stark developed, you know, after convincing discovers time travel and he makes the device to navigate time travel which i would have liked to see more of the time travel experiments so hopefully in the blu-ray or um 4k disc that we'll get to see some deleted scenes because i liked when hawkeye was the first one to sacrifice and he went home and then they pulled him out real quick so Mm -hmm. and then the different uh ones they tried with scott where he was an old man and then a baby and (laughs) and yeah and he's at the end and he goes I don't know if it was past me, baby me, or me me, but somebody pissed my pants. <laughs> so yeah, some some good humor in the movie for sure. Um, yeah, I I think the one big thing for me that really got kind of confusing though was the whole time travel because you can't think of it. But it is funny because they reference every freaking time movie you can think of. They mention mm-hmm. Time Cop, Terminator, Back to the Future. A uh, hot tub time machine, yeah. <laughs> time after time, Die Hard. Wait, Die Hard's not one. No. That's still a funny one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they they treated it really well. Um, you know, and it's one of those things that uh, as soon as it comes out on the 4K or Blu-ray, it'll be so much fun to dissect it and dive in. And you know, we were talking about some of the Easter eggs in the. Um, the final battle scenes. And so um, apparently Howard, the duck makes an appearance um, with the guardians of the galaxy. And uh, you know, I just wanted to go back and, and still frame each of those shots to see, you know, who was there and what was going on. Exactly. Yeah. I've seen it three times. I still didn't see Howard, the duck, although I did look on the internet to see where to look for him uh, to see it a fourth time. So, cause y'all go see it a fourth time. I want to see it on IMAX. So that way I've seen it in every, uh, iteration there is that's out there so yeah yeah and then i don't know if you picked up on any of the things that sort of tease moving forward but uh the whole discussion towards the beginning of the movie after the five-year jump um when uh denai guerrera's character is talking about an earthquake in the middle of the atlantic ocean yeah no they were talking about namor right yeah and it looks yeah. like they're going to be uh, teasing Namor, bringing him into the fold to some And respect. Namor, just so everyone knows, is Marvel's uh, Aquaman. And actually, he was the very first Marvel Comics character ever. And really? so, yeah, he predates Aquaman. Uh, in the comic book series, he was sort of weird looking. You know, I think uh, DC took a better take on it. But uh, knowing Marvel, they'll probably treat it right. Yeah, you can definitely have hints. And I love reading all the conspiracy theorists of um, of who the next big bad is now that the series, now that the saga is over. Well, and one of the things they're talking about is uh, we know they're making a Eternals movie and uh, that somehow the next overarching storyline will be related to the Eternals somehow. And the Eternals, if you remember, in Guardians of the Galaxy were who were referenced to be the carriers of the infinity stones. So when, uh, uh, Tavir Benicio del Toro's character, when he's showing 
you know, this giant character decimate entire planet with the power stone. Uh, that was one of the Eternals. And so that may be the way they're going. I'd also like to see, and I think we talked about it previously, uh, maybe Galactus being a big bad. And that'll be oh, a nice fold in for Fantastic Four. It'd be huge. And I watched, uh, I've been watching a lot of the YouTube conspiracies on that because I get, I'm fascinated with where they could go next because, um, I think if you if you read Wikipedia and things like that, I think where they're going after all of this is Secret Wars. That's going to be the next big story they do. So that could be pretty see. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um, all over, by the way. This we didn't really say we were going to review it. We were just going to discuss it. So uh, yeah. hopefully, you guys are enjoying a random all over the place discussion. <laughs> well, the problem is that you know if we dissected it. You know, bit by bit, we'd be here for three hours ourselves. But, yeah. uh, you know, mostly just hitting up, you know, the main points, you know, the things we really liked, um, you know, a couple other things. Sorry, I accidentally hit a button and it's too long. So we'll just keep talking. Oh, that sounded like a Wolverine snicked. <laughs> it, was, it was Thanos whipping out his blade about talking about balance. It just was long. Gotcha. Um, so we knew going into this that contracts for Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans and maybe even Chris Hemsworth were up and uh, you know, obviously if you've seen the movie, you'll see, you know, how that ended. Um, you know, most notably uh, Tony Stark sacrificing himself to be that one in 41 million chance of uh, them defeating Thanos. And uh, you know, the whole last 20 minutes of the movie is really sort of an homage to what, Robert Downey Jr. and his character has done for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, brought back all of these people from before, even the little kid from uh, Iron Man 3 during the funeral scene. And, Which uh, I was surprised a lot of people didn't know who that was. I picked that up first time. I was like, oh, it's the kid from Iron Man 3. Well, the biggest thing is he's, you know, he's a teenager. He's almost a full-grown adult right now. And so <laughs> um, the interesting thing is, you know, it's five years after what should be now, so he should be even older considering where he was previously. There you go with the time travel again. Anyway, but right. uh, again, it, it was really a nice send off for Robert Downey Jr. who started this whole Marvel Cinematic Universe and, uh, you know, the Iron Man character itself. Now, obviously, in the comic books, there's been different iterations of Iron Man. Um, you know, we still may see a version of Iron Man come back that's not Tony Stark, but uh, for Tony Stark's role in it, uh, he's done. And, uh, you know, I think they, they treated it really well. Oh, I agree. He got the good send off. I love that big final fight where Hulk did the snap. Just so you know, he did that. He so he wished for all the un, everyone that dusted to come back. Yeah, he but did the reverse snap. Time. Yep. So once he did that, then the Infinity Stones weren't destroyed. They were still in the gauntlet. So at that point, it was like a big game of football at that point. <laughs> and what I loved, too, is it was like, oh, man, Hulk snapped. That was great. And then you got Ant-Man. He goes, guys, I think it worked. And then they show the Hulk on his back and Thanos' ships right above the Avengers headquarters, and they just blow it to shit. They just. What a crazy ass scene that was. <laughs> I mean, that was just full blown crazy. And then it felt like it was a football game at that point. They were just running around with the gauntlet. And, uh, <laughs> you know, of course, that's when we get like the big f 
fight where Thor, or I mean Thanos comes, he brings the Dark Order and um, and everybody else, right? Did I say the Dark Order, the Black Order, right? Children yep. of Thanos. Um, so then they're outnumbered, and you know Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America, the big three, took on Thanos in a badass fight. But I even saw which all three times I saw the movie, the theater popped hard when uh captain america picked up uh thor's hammer which he got his hammer back through uh time travel so (laughs) yeah they went back to the dark world so it was that was kind of a fun little visit back there but a nice uh appearance from natalie portman and renee russo for that but uh and that you know was a cool scene with uh you know captain america getting the hammer because you know it shows that he was worthy and um yeah, it, it just so cool to yeah. I get goosebumps even right now thinking about that scene because um, you know you had in Age of Ultron where he was the one who moved it just a little bit when they were playing that game of trying to pick it up off the table, and right. then you know now obviously he was able to fully wield it and uh, some really cool scenes where uh, Thor was able to use both that and uh, Stormbreaker and at one point. They each have each other's hammers and they exchange them back and um, right yeah and then it's like no you you take the small one I'll take the big one yeah <laughs> and so uh, you know speaking of Captain America obviously this was his last movie at I least any what was that <laughs> are you still there I sorry if you're listening. Yeah, something. Are you still there? Yeah, can you hear Hello, me? Hello, okay? Can you hear me? Cutting it in and out. You there? Thanos now. Yeah. Marvel's listening. That's weird. <laughs> All right. Well, technical difficulties, they happen. If this was a live YouTube show, this uh, you'd see it. So yeah. don't know what happened, but I can hear you now. That's weird. Yeah, I'm trying not to use any other processes on my computer just in case it's on my side. <laughs> no, it could be us. I mean, you got the kids are home today. You got dogs running around upstairs wreaking havoc. Yeah. Um, it's almost like it's almost like <laughs> it's almost like Thanos is taking over right. the segment here. He doesn't want us to continue on our discussion. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be careful which buttons I hit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, real quick, going back to Steve Rogers, uh, you know, we knew that he was no longer going to be part of the uh, MCU. Uh, and again, they did a really nice send off for him. You know, he went back in time to return all of the Infinity Stones, and when he was set to come back, he didn't. He just. Oh, I I loved it because that was one of the things I was stoked about going back to watch. I'm like, he's going to get the dance with Peggy. Yep. He got the dance with Peggy. But then hey. again, if you think if you start thinking too, that kind of screws up some timeline stuff, because even though they're the MC like that current the current time frame had Steve Rogers, but he went back in the past. But now Steve Rogers had his own alternate universe where he never was an Avenger and. <laughs> you got to have the life with Peggy, and it could blow your mind. It, it could uh, make you get a headache thinking about it. So yeah, I saw. A, got it. 
I want to say it was an IGN video, something where they talked about that whole thing and where when he went back in time, his timeline diverged from the current timeline um, and then reconverged um, back in that moment where he showed up as the old man. And so it's, uh, again, one of those mind-bending type things that, uh, you know, if you really sit down and analyze it, I, I think they did a good job trying to figure it out. But in any case, so we've got an old man version of Steve Rogers. Obviously, he's not coming back as Captain America but we knew he was going to pass that mantle along. And the question wow. has been, you know, for a while, who's going to receive that? And, uh, you know, for me, I was hoping it would be Bucky. But at the same time, I sort of understand where it wouldn't because, you know, the Winter Soldier can't exactly be the, you know, all-American hero with his past. Uh, right. You know, another part of me thought that, uh, you know, it'd be a really kind of cool left turn to uh, – handed off to Black Widow, to Scarlett Johansson. And uh, obviously we know that she sacrificed herself for the Soul Stone in this, so that obviously wasn't the case. So right, uh, after yeah, so that... Spoiler, Black Widow died. Yep. <laughs> uh, but from there, he handed off to Sam, uh, the Falcon. And uh, with that, you know, obviously Captain America will continue. We'll probably get more Captain America movies. But in this case, with Sam as the... Uh, character um, and actually we're going to get a television series which we'll talk about here in just a little bit um, that features him and Winter Soldier but uh, again it was sort of a nice nice passing of the mantle knowing that uh, Chris Evans isn't going to reprise the role right so but, uh, <laughs> and but that, it was a great send off I mean I thought it ended well um, for the heroes I mean Loved. I thought Scarlet Witch was badass in the movie. She's very pissed off, very Magneto-esque in the mm. movie. Um, since that's the daughter, if you don't know, and yeah, it's just is it all around really, really good movie. Highly recommend seeing it. Um, I I could go, I could gush on and on about this, but all I can really say is what a fantastic conclusion to an epic saga. Um. This movie was uh, damn near perfection. Yeah. Now, moving on to the next story, uh, which is actually our trailer of the week, and timing-wise worked out well because it was just released this morning. Uh, Kevin Feige has come and said that Avengers Endgame actually isn't the last movie of Phase 4. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home is. And at first, you know, before seeing this new trailer, it's it was like, well, you know, it doesn't make sense why that would you know, be the cutoff point. But now after seeing the trailer, and again, if you have not seen Avengers Endgame, <laughs> don't go see this trailer because uh, it it drops a whole bunch of spoilers. But uh, man, I'm excited for it now. Me too. Did you hear the theme song during the movie? I did, yeah. Yeah, this was my favorite. Spider sense is tingling. <laughs> you know no, the funny yeah. thing is now that homer could actually do that that disney owns yeah exactly i couldn't actually find the spider-man um, theme song so had to use those uh but man this trailer what i like too is ironically they had tom holland come in and say if you haven't seen uh, if you haven't seen endgame yet please don't watch the trailer but yeah. if you have enjoy the trailer and he's like the king of spoiling yeah <laughs> yeah it's like the king spoiler 
But damn, man, the the trailer of the week, which is up on our uh, Facebook page right now, um, it just kicks off, you know, with uh, Peter Parker dealing with the death of Tony Stark and Iron Man. And he's like, I see him everywhere. And there's a nice mural mural painting of uh, Iron Man on one of the buildings in New York. And he's he's still wisecracking. Like, I love the cop. Oh, so (laughs) you're going to be the next Iron Man? No, I got to sit here and do your, I don't have time to do that and your job too. I'm just kidding, you know? So he's, he's wisecracking and, uh, there are some key points. I watched the trailer four times today. Wow. And, uh, one of the key things I picked up in it is, um, so Mysterio is from earth, but not the current earth. So when the snap happened, it, it opened up a portal or a dimension. So they call it the multiverse. So, um it just opens the door for a lot of crazy things to come from here on out i think this is going to put the ball rolling obviously into phase four what we can expect and uh this movie looks super fun too man yeah we get to see a little bit more of the iron spider costume uh we get a couple other spider-man costumes as well and then what's going to be interesting is that uh the way they set it up in this trailer is that mysterio isn't introduced as a bad guy and you know obviously he's traditionally a bad guy in the comic books uh but in this he takes on a little bit of like a mentorship role which uh, you know i think peter parker's looking to fill uh after you know the death of tony and you know it, it's going to be interesting to see how he becomes the villain mysterio at the same time they're trying to defeat these um uh, what they call the elementals, which are Sandman and Hydro-Man um, and I want to say Lava-Man, Magma-Man. Don't remember all that well. I was going to say, <laughs> playing, are you playing Mega-Man? That's what they all sounded like to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, and we've seen Sandman before. Hydro-Man's been featured uh, like in the old Spider-Man uh, cartoon series of the 90s. But, uh, you know, the other character, I'm just blanking at the moment. But, uh, yeah, no, so it'll be good. We know there's a multiverse now. Um, Again, that'll probably play into the introduction of the X-Men and uh, probably the Fantastic Four as well. Um, And we don't have to wait very long to see this because it comes out July... July 2nd. 2nd. So you got a little bit, uh, a little over a month and a half at this point. Yeah, it's gonna be great. I love that too. Can we get, can we get a uh, cat Thor? Nope, he's out of Earth. Captain Marvel not available. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, it's gonna be good. All right, uh, moving on. So we talked about, uh, you know, Disney Plus and you know the the series are the MCU series that are going to be coming to Disney plus and before Endgame, game, weren't exactly sure how those were going to work. And uh, we know there's going to be a Loki series, which we haven't heard much about. I'm curious if that's going to play off of when they traveled back in time and uh, Tony flubbed up the exchange of the Tesseract and uh, Loki grabbed it and then disappeared. I wonder if that's going to play into that at all, considering Loki did not come back from death in the, yeah, current universe, if you will. Right. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that one, Tone. Um, 
I think it's going to be just kind of like the Black Widow movie. I, I would say it's probably all going to be prequels. Mm-hmm. Um, although with Loki, you can do um, since he did since Hulk smashed uh, Tony Stark and he went and fumbled the Tesseract. I mean, that that version of Loki is now free to do whatever. So he's on a different path than what he should have been. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that ultimately could bring him back. So that that's not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, real quick, divergent back to just Endgame again. Um, when Hulk snapped and, you know, basically his arm was starting to, like, burn up, I halfway expected he'd like transform into the gray version or the red version of Hulk after that. But, uh, unfortunately not. No, that would have been cool, man. Yeah. Little disappointment. Any case, weird side tangent. Uh, so one of the other series, (laughs) one of the other series, it's going to be a six episode limited series, uh, called WandaVision, which obviously features, uh, Wanda, you know, Scarlet Witch and uh, Vision. And again, I was curious on how they were going to do that because Vision didn't return after the second snap. He died at the end of uh, Infinity War. And so um, Elizabeth Olsen, who plays the Scarlet Witch, has provided a little detail on the series itself, mostly saying that uh, they saw photos of Scarlet Witch and Vision back in the 1950s. So... Again, I have no idea how that's going to play into the current one, considering neither of them had any sort of time travel. But uh, we are getting a Wanda and Vision limited series that uh, at least part of it will take place in the 1950s. (laughs) Okay, that's supposed to be a Wanda soundbite, not a word, Woody! Not so much. Nope. (laughs) Fail. Any thoughts on that tone? Ah, is it bad that I don't want to see that? Like (laughs) I don't, I don't care about a, I don't care about the the love story of Vision and Wanda. I don't. Mm. Um, I want to see. I'm down with seeing more of the Scarlet Witch we saw at the end, a real pissed off version. Maybe eventually, you know, seeing where she goes from here, who she meets. Does this lead to her? And the X-Men, you know, coming, you know, realizing or coming across finding that Magneto's her father. Um, I would have loved to see maybe what her and Quicksilver were all about before they got collected by the uh, collector. I mean, I'd rather see something like that than a 1950s love show with Vision. Will I watch right. it? Yes. Um, but am I excited about it? No. Well, knowing Marvel, I mean, they do a good job of sort of throwing you off the path. I mean, I'd halfway expect that, you know, there's maybe just a little bit that takes place in the 1950s and then the rest is somewhere else, maybe part of the multiverse where, um, you know, vision wasn't destroyed. So it's hard to tell, but uh, we do know that it's set to begin filming in the fall, which means it'll more than likely hit Disney Plus in 2020. Yeah, that'll be a uh, good thing. So I look forward to that, though. Yep, yep. All right, and then the other series that we know about is uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which uh, was released when Disney did their Investor Day. Uh, But again, we didn't know how that was going to play out, uh, who was going to survive, and how. It looks like this will more than likely be a continuation of 
Falcon as the Captain America character and Winter Soldier moving on now. But uh, aside from a logo, we have no information on it. Nothing. Just other than it's going to have those two. And it's going to be a limited series. Um, they said these are going to be kind of shot in the vein of the old uh, Marvel shorts. The uh, uh, What do they used to call those that were on the Blu-rays? One-offs, yeah. That's what these are going to be. They're not going to just be ongoing TV shows like uh, Jessica Jones or Luke Cage. They're going to be, you know, little couple series, you know, not very long, but just enough to tell a story. So, Yeah, most of them they expect to be about six episodes, probably about an hour piece. Um, but again, I mean, these are the MCU actors. It's not like they're recasting them for something different. Um, it's all still going to be part of that MCU tie-in and it'll be interesting to see what they do with it moving forward with those characters who still exist in the mcu universe yeah this one i'm excited about i'd, I'd watch this one i think this would be really good um wandavision not so much loki yes and if they brought back agent carter possibly yeah uh well yeah. we do know that uh, agents of shield is coming back and, yeah that's uh, back this friday yep Popcorn. Punch! <laughs> How can you punch uh, it? There you go. Uh, one of the things we just found out is, um, yeah, take a little bit of a step back. So when Disney acquired Fox, Fox had the controlling stake in Hulu. And so now, obviously, Disney owns Hulu. And, uh, you know, they do pretty successful with their Marvel-based series uh, like The Runaways. Uh, well, with this acquisition of Hulu and Fox and all of that, uh, they are bringing back Ghost Rider and not the terrible Nicolas Cage version of Ghost Rider, but the uh, Robbie Reyes, uh, Gabriel Luna version that uh, we first saw in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which uh, I really liked that version. And uh, they said it's going to be a little bit of a reboot, a little bit of a spinoff, but, uh, you know, he's getting his own series uh on Hulu, which is pretty cool. I think that's really cool. Um, kudos for Disney to utilize. The, they got double the streaming monsters, Hulu and um, Disney Plus. So, yeah, that's definitely huge news for that, for sure. Yep. And in the vein of Ghost Rider, they're also bringing another live action show called Hellstrom, uh, which follows uh, Damon and Ava Hellstrom. Uh all they say in here is the son and daughter of a powerful serial killer. If you follow the comic books, uh, there was a series called Son of Satan, and uh, their father was actually Satan. And uh, it's going to be a little bit more of a detective-type series. But with that being said, there were a number of the comic books where these darker characters in the universe got together and teamed up and uh, we might see something like that in the vein of like the defenders yeah I, i'm excited for it man i don't know much about it but i'll, I'll check it out for sure and uh, the nice thing is you know we know that agents of shield is part of the mcu canon so i'd assume that these are part of that as well yeah that would be good um i'm, I'm also really ex i'm still excited for um the um uh peg or peggy carter show the <laughs> what if the animated series one and i'm definitely um looking forward to uh kevin smith's howard the duck too 
Yeah, yeah, that'll be good. Um, you know, Hulu's getting that series of animated Marvel shows, and they're all going to culminate in something called The Offenders, not The Defenders, but uh, could be fun. Could be fun. There's some big names behind uh, a lot of the characters that they're yeah. doing. Modoc, I'm interested in. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, going to the other side of the multiverse, uh, actually the Spider-Verse in this case, uh, it was reported April 29th, so we're looking eh, a little less than a week ago. That's what was that? These <laughs> spidey's tingling. Oh, <laughs> um, so Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the uh, duo who wrote and direct Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which was a fantastic movie, uh, has just signed a massive five-year deal with uh, Sony Pictures Television to develop not only live-action shows, but animated shows uh, based on the Spider-Verse. And so we're going to see some more from that. You've got, uh, you know, these two guys who, their comedic minds are fantastic. And, uh, you know, if you don't know, they also did the Lego movie, the first one. They did 21 and 22 Jump Street. And uh, we're obviously going to see not only um, sequels to Into the Spider-Verse, but now we're going to get some uh, TV series as well. Yeah, I can't wait, man. It's going to be the movie was fantastic. So I think it's going to be in uh, good hands and uh, should be very exciting to watch. So I look forward to it very much. Yeah. And at this point, we still don't know if Sony is going to wrap Tom Holland's Spider-Man back into their world or if you know that version of spider-man is just going to stay within the mcu and then everything that's happened outside of that uh real quick sort of going back to uh the rumor that tony was talking about is if they do the secret wars for the next uh overarching storyline for uh the mcu we might get a marvel version of the black suit spider-man which would lead to obviously venom uh and so if you followed the comic books, you know that that's where Spider-Man got his black suit. Are you nodding off there, Tony? What's? <laughs> no, no, I'm looking down at my screen. Oh. <laughs> you started yeah, leaning man. forward like you were falling asleep. Nope, I'm just leaning <laughs> on that because we're, we're not recording, so I'm not paying attention to, right. to my, my screen up here. I'm paying attention to my notes right here. So That's funny. Um, so, yeah, we're going to see uh, some more. Spider-Man related stuff coming to the TV, being that it's Sony Pictures Television, we don't know where they're going to land, uh, if they're going to be network shows, if they're going to be streamed, where they're going to come in. But uh, we just know that they've signed this multi-year deal, um, five-year deal uh, to further develop into the Spider-Verse. Now, wait, keep you interested. We hear some stuff. Um, the more we hear, we'll let you know. Exactly. All right. And here's where we start getting back into the traditional version of our show. We're going to talk a, a couple more TV shows, then go into movies again, um, but diverging away from the Marvel stuff. So we appreciate you uh, hanging in with there, hanging in with there, <laughs> hanging with there. Yeah. We Oof. appreciate you hanging in there. Hopefully with you're still us. Awake. Yeah. Uh, on our little uh, rant nerd out, if you will, about uh, Avengers Endgame. All right, so the next piece of news to come out of TV is a show that me and the girlfriend 
absolutely love. Uh, I know Tony, I think you're caught up on it now. Have you watched all of the episodes? Um, no, I'm still on season three. I have, I, I haven't, I haven't watched them all. I'm going to savor them since, since it's not coming back. So. Yeah. So the bad news is that, uh, the Santa Clarita diet, which is a great, what they call Zomcom show on uh, Netflix, uh, was sort of out of the blue canceled. Uh, even <laughs> I, I agree with Darth Vader there. Uh, even the series creator and showrunner uh, Victor Fresco had no idea that that was going to be the fate of it after releasing the third season on March 29th. Um, great show. The way it left off is, and I won't spoil anything, um, it would be a satisfying enough ending if you know that the show was being canceled, since we saw it before we knew that the show was being canceled, it's a little frustrating, but they do also leave it open that uh, maybe if somebody else picks it up, uh, that, um, you know, they can keep going with the show. Uh, Netflix didn't give any sort of indication of why it was canceled. Obviously, they don't share their numbers. Um, in terms of Rotten Tomatoes scores, it was like high 80%. Uh, so we knew that not only critics, but the fans loved it as well. Um, and then Victor Fresco, who's the showrunner, the only insight that he sort of gave, and you know, maybe he doesn't even fully know, is that uh, Netflix is starting to go to this series model of you know, two to three seasons per show. And maybe that's what happened here, but he was hoping to take it uh, to five seasons, and that's where he you know, he foresaw Santa Clarita diet going to. So, um, yeah, I would say like, like a four to five would be good. I mean, don't, you don't go just three. I mean, unless it's a crappy show, like, uh, I'm not going to knock any shows. I can't think of Netflix is really good with their shows, So I can't think of too many crappy ones, but, uh, you know, you would hate to see like something like the umbrella Academy that's doing well. You don't want to see that end after three seasons, you know, it's right. unless it's planned that that's the, the story yeah, that yeah. they're going through like stranger things. We know it's only, it's only a four season. That's it. So we know we're getting the third season in July and then next year you'll get the final season and that's it. Right. Yeah. But in this case, uh, everybody was a little blindsided in the fact that, you know, we would have hoped for at least one more season to wrap things up. Uh, there are a couple petitions going around the Internet to try and save the show either on another network or hope that Netflix brings it back for, you know, a nice final closeout season. But uh, if you enjoy the show as much as we do, go sign the petitions and uh, with any luck, something will happen. I mean, there's other shows that have been brought back from the dead that, uh, you know, slightly lesser known. Exactly. So we man we'll keep you posted as we hear things but um i look at the like last man standing how abc ditched that and after enough noise and everything it showed back up on fox but however i don't hear much about the show now that it's on fox so i don't know if fox is really good at uh where they put it so i think, well, it was I think friday nights or something like that yeah i think i saw that it was renewed for another <laughs> That's season like the, uh, that's the death. You don't want your show on a Friday night or it's donezo. <laughs> um, I think that one is coming back. Uh, the girlfriend and I have been keeping up on it. And our biggest ar argument when it did switch over was um, the actress who played Bandy and uh, didn't care for her, but she's sort of coming to her own at this point. 
she's finally growing on you now that she's not the original. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and a couple other shows. I mean, you had um, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which was dropped from Fox and picked up by uh, NBC. Um, trying to think there's, there's got to be one more. Oh, no, nope, not Batman. Anyway. That just ended. <laughs> That's just about to end, too. It is. All right. So moving on from that to um, some news that is kind of exciting for me. And. Uh, Ooh, is it a fantasy show? It's a fantasy show. Uh, so. <laughs> that was your cue for it. I like it. Back in the, I forget when it came out. It was probably what, like eighty six, eighty seven. Yeah, it was in the, it was the late eighties. A early Ron Howard directed movie with George Lucas and Lucasfilm production was uh, Willow, and Willow. for nineteen eighty eight, buddy. Ah, I wasn't too far off. No, you were close. If Willow. you weren't lucky enough to see it. Back then, or even in the time of VHS, you probably haven't seen it. Trying to find it on DVD or Blu-ray or a streaming service is nearly impossible. But uh, it was it was a great movie. Uh, I found it actually on YouTube um, a couple months ago. We went back and watched it. It holds up well, even though the YouTube quality wasn't great. Uh, but you have Warwick Davis, who is the... Uh, you know, he's a little person. He was in a number of the Star Wars movies. Uh, he was the Leprechaun. Um, he's I'm the main the Leprechaun. <laughs> and you have uh, Val Kilmer when he was still skinny as uh, the mercenary swordsman Mad Mardigan. And it was a fantasy series or a fantasy movie. It was really great. And I'd always hoped for a sequel. And the fact that. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. <laughs> the fact that we never saw a sequel or even, you know, official releases on DVD or Blu-ray, I was getting a little worried. All that to say that uh, Ron Howard was recently on a podcast talking about, uh, you know, Disney Plus and the fact that uh, it looks like they are working on developing a Willow series with John Kasdan, who was one of the writers of Solo, uh, a Star Wars st uh, story, a uh, son of uh, Lawrence Kasdan. And then uh, they were also uh, hitting up Kathy Kennedy, who is the head of Lucasfilm. And so instead of doing a movie, doing a series, you get to dive a little bit deeper into the characters. Uh, they said it is a continuation of the film, not a reboot, and that Warwick Davis would be back to reprise his role um, of Willow. And so I hope to hear more on it. I'm looking forward to... Uh, watching it when it comes out on Disney plus, uh, as long as it makes it that far. Yeah, it should be good. Um, I haven't seen Willow in a long time, so I'd like to get re caught up and, uh, should be good. And, uh, we shall, we will see if Ron Howard's behind it. I'm not worried about it. I think it's in good hands. Yeah. What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I typed in Willow on my soundboard, and that's what came out. Well, that was a weird one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Is that your phone? That's a forever soundbite from here on out on the show. Soundbite sticking nice. around. So. 
Hey, and we'll be talking <laughs> something similar to that a little bit later on. Oh, yes, we will, my friend. We will indeed. <laughs> All right. So moving on to movies, as we do each and every week, we start out with the box office report, which. Uh, oh, you know what? 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 Oh, yeah. I think what? I might have an intro for that. And it ain't even a singing one. Hey, that works. I like it. Yeah, not bad, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so it's been two weeks since we've done the show. Uh, we intentionally didn't do one last week because we wanted to talk about Avengers Endgame and not release any spoilers. And um, with, with all of that being said, um, it's no surprise that in its second weekend, Avengers Endgame is still at the top of the box office. Um even on second weekend, it made $145.8 million, which is huge for a second weekend, um, let alone what it was able to do out of the gate. And so by that, what I mean is um, domestically, the movies made $619.6 million um, domestically. And it's made $2.18 billion worldwide. In its opening weekend, it made $350 million, which makes it the largest opening weekend ever. Um, and then domestically, $1.25 billion, um, sorry, uh, internationally, worldwide, if you will, um, which made it the biggest opening weekend worldwide. To where it's at right now, it just passed Titanic and Star Wars The Force Awakens. Uh, to become the second highest grossing movie of all time. And the only movie it has to catch up to is Avatar. And it's only down by eh, about 500 million. I have no. It's, yeah. That's I, insane. Yeah. Yeah. Worldwide, it's going to reach that in no time. Um, and I think it's deserving of it. You know, it's the culmination of 22 movies, 11 years. Um, and it's something that no other studio has been able to do. You know, I was just talking with a friend the other day that, you know, after Marvel started putting together its cinematic universe, um, everybody else tried doing it. Obviously, DC tried it. Uh, Transformers tried it. Um, if you remember, Universal tried it with their Monsters series, and they got two movies in before canning that idea. Nobody else has created this breadth of a shared universe quite the way marvel has um even star wars and not only that but every movie in the mcu is at least good you know there's some movies that are much better than others but there wasn't a stinker among them yeah no there you really can't even think if there was like you can rank them but there was none none were so yeah that's a good <laughs> so um, I'm trying, obviously knowing that Avengers was going to be the uh, juggernaut, there were some movies that were still released over this last weekend. Uh, in second place, you got a movie called the intruder with, uh, Megan good and, uh, Dennis Quaid. And I actually uh, that just saw that this afternoon. Did you really? Yeah, I did. I saw that today. It was, um, I'll give a full review. I don't want to take up a whole lot of time because we have a long show anyways, but mm -hmm. uh, 
definitely red box at best, but Dennis Quaid is phenomenal as a psycho, man. He is nuts in that movie. I heard it was pretty good. Uh, it he made a l- creepy, but I was oh, going to say, ahead, but... yeah, it made 11 million, which, you know, it, compared to Avengers at 145.8 is still pretty good in a second weekend of a movie that, you know, you're not going to compete with. Oh yeah. No, it, it went up, but it, yeah, it was, you know, it wasn't a terrible movie. It was, um, I actually <laughs> do, like had fun doing commentating during the movie. Because there's no one else in there, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so the intruder, uh, yep. Dennis Quaid, awesome. But I would wait for Redbox, just okay. Well, and the fact that it's a PG-13 thriller, do you think it would have benefited more from being a true like R? Yeah, it would have benefited more, and it if you had if the main actress in the movie um, Annie, she kept welcoming welcoming the psycho in her house. She, like, didn't ever get it. The husband's like, he's, he's nuts, and uh, I don't trust him, and I don't want him in my house. And, oh, you're being silly, Scott. Like, he's just lonely. And, and you know, and in the end, um, psycho. So, psycho yeah. female blowing up the phone line. <laughs> uh, in third place was another new movie called uh, The Long Shot with, uh, ooh, Charlize Theron and uh, Seth Rogen. <laughs> That's a kind of a long laugh track. <laughs> uh, it opened with $10 million. Um, again, I think they knew going into it, positioning it there, that it wasn't going to do a lot. But it actually has a pretty good rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. It's got yeah. an 83%. I saw this on my birthday weekend as well. I saw Endgame, The Intruder, and Longshot. So uh, Longshot was funny, man. Hilarious movie. Very funny. And uh, Jonathan Levine, who directed it, um, he had worked with Rogan before on uh, The Night Before, which was a pretty good uh, uh, Christmas movie. Um, you know, definitely R-rated and, and fun if you're around that Christmas time. Had the Falcon in it. It did. It did. Yeah. Uh, in so fourth I would pla- recommend Longshot. See it. Definitely good. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, in fourth place was another new movie. It was the uh, animated PG-rated uh, Ugly Dolls with $8.5 million. And I didn't realize that this was like a pre-existing toy line or, or stuffed animal doll or whatever. Um, apparently it is. And uh, produced by Robert Rodriguez. So, you know, obviously, aside from all of his uh, adult um oh what would how would you put him genre movies uh he does quite a few uh, kids genre movies obviously he did the spy kids as well and uh not doing so well on rotten tomatoes 34 percent yeah it's kind of hard like the synopsis for the movie is not very good in general um we had to cover the trailer for it it doesn't look very inspiring at all it's basically portraying humans to be perfect in these quote-unquote ugly dolls want to fit in in their universe but they're dolls and they're not even that ugly (laughs) and they uh, when it comes to animated movies when it comes to animated movies uh you know you've got the big studios you've got pixar you've got warner brothers you've got uh, illumination uh you know they're known for doing some pretty good quality oh dreamworks who do good quality um 
animated features. Everybody else has been really struggling to catch up, and uh, this probably one of those as well. Yeah, I, no thank you, man. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw that thing pull a Hellboy and continue to plummet down the uh, the ranks. Yep. All right. Speaking of the ranks, I'm going to rattle off the rest of the top five. Um, in fifth place, you had uh, Captain Marvel with another 4.2 million. We Just lost. Kind of oh, no. Sorry, I lost the connection there. Are you there? <laughs> yep. <laughs> we were talking about dickens. Captain Marvel, right? Yep. <laughs> Happened before. In sixth place, you had the uh, uber-religious movie Breakthrough. Jesus loves the little children. On the opposite end of the spectrum, in seventh place, you had the Curse of La Llorona. La Llorona. <laughs> in eighth place, um, huh, Megan Good's actually in the top ten in two places, in The Intruder and Shazam. She was one of the... Uh, Shazam superheroes uh, in that, but uh, Shazam got eighth place with 2.4 million. Shazam. Ooh. Uh, let's see. Ninth place was the Regina Hall comedy Little. It's the opposite of big. And uh, in tenth place, hanging in there surprisingly, is the Tim Burton Dumbo. Did you end up seeing that movie? I did not, and I have no desire to see it, considering all of the reviews that uh, have come out that it's it's dark, it's not that much fun, and Dumbo was never really a character that I liked from Disney to begin with, so. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of character adaptations, live-action character adaptations, um, this was originally going to be our trailer of the week before uh, Spider-Man Far From Home second trailer came out this morning. And uh, whew, when it, it dropped, bounced. yeah, when the trailer dropped, man, the internet went apeshit on it. And what we're talking about Here is the first trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> So we knew for a while that they were working on a Sonic the Hedgehog uh, live-action movie. Um, after seeing the trailer, and I guess I didn't know as much about it as I thought, um, Jim Carrey plays Dr. Robotnik or Dr. Eggman or whatever they decide to call him in this. And uh, Right. You know, he... I think he'll do good, you know... The hardest thing I had with the trailer, and I've got to go back and watch it, is I think it was a decent enough trailer. It's just the character design for Sonic threw me so far out that I couldn't enjoy it. Oh, it, it looks bad. If if we didn't have uh, technical difficulties today, you would have had on our YouTube show that will eventually pop up. Um, we had a still frame ready to roll of what he looks like, and I'll share it on our uh, Facebook page. But you want to talk about a wet fart. He just looked terrible. It was awful. And the thing is, you know, there was there were comedic and action moments in the trailer. But in my head, I couldn't get over the fact of like, oh, my God, he looks awful. And uh, I'm not the only one who thinks so. Um, obviously, the Internet blew up after the uh, trailer drop. 
And the director, Jeff Fowler, came out and uh, his post was, thank you for the support and the criticism. The message is loud and clear. You aren't happy with the design and you want changes. It's going to happen. Everyone at Paramount and Sega are fully committed to making this character the best he can be. So you have a studio doing something that actually is really good. I mean, <laughs> um, we know the movie's not supposed to come out till November, but typically a studio will be like, well, this is the way it is, and either you'll like it or not. They're going back and completely redoing the character on this based on fan feedback. Yeah, that's that's gonna that's unheard of because you you imagine how much time and money that's gonna cost to go back to rechange the look. I mean, if they're smart, just look at some of the people have posted on the internet. They made them look a lot like uh, the Dreamcast version of them. Yeah, and and that one was a good looking. That was a Dreamcast soundbite that was a little too long. Um, a little bit of throwback. Yeah, a little throwback there, but. Um, they, they, if you go with that look, I think you'll be okay. You got enough, you got enough big actors. I think Jim Carrey is going to be a huge draw for it as Robotnik. Uh, but it's a live action movie done by, um, that's not the Sega I was hoping for. For that, <laughs> so that failed. Me. I was hoping for that. That one, there you go. That was the, that was the Sega I was looking for. Um, but. They did the awful House of the Dead movie where they just clipped oh, in video God. game scenes. So low expectations for this one for me. Like oh. I ain't, uh, I ain't hold my breath. But the but his look on it was just awful. Well, being that this is their flagship character, I think they Sorry. really. Boy, that's a really long fart clip. That was the <laughs> longest fart of farts. In any case, I think they owe it to themselves to invest the time and money to do it right, because otherwise they're going to be derailed for a long time if they want to make any more movies. Yeah, I, I wish it well, because there are, like I said, there's good actors in it. Uh, James Mardson in there, former Cyclops, uh, and then Ben Schwartz is the voice of Sonic. So uh, we'll see. I have no desire to see it based on that. So I'm excited to see what the new Sonic looks like, because he looks like shit. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> just, All right. Just being straight up. Ooh, we have another movie to talk about next, don't we? We do. We've got a couple movies to talk about. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder who we're going to talk about. I know. Hmm. So we know with uh, Hobbs and Shaw coming out this year uh, that Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham are probably diverging out of the Fast and Furious movies, uh, which leaves a couple holes to be filled. Well, uh, last week, Vin Diesel took to Instagram and revealed who one of the next big people coming in. And uh, as Tony hinted towards, uh, we're going to see John Cena as the next uh, um, addition to the Fast and Furious movies in Fast and Furious 9. And uh, I think he's going to be a good fit. You know, he's one of the few wrestlers turned actors that uh, can actually, you know, pull it off and, and be believable uh, in the vein of The Rock or Dave Bautista. Yeah, he's one of the wrestlers. We talk about The Rock being successful mainstream, and he, he really made the Fast and the Furious franchise um, pop again with Fast yep. Five and 
Now, obviously, he's super big for the movie, and from what I hear, he doesn't get along well with Vin Diesel. Um, they seem to butt heads a lot. Um, but, uh, yeah, Vin Diesel said, like, the universe, a.k.a. he, he feels like uh, Paul Walker's spirit brought him John Cena. So, or something. <laughs> Is that what you got out of that Instagram post? That's what too? I got, yeah. yeah. He's like, hey, I'm back, and and I have this guy for you to be in the movie, and he... His name is John Cena. Oh yeah, let's put him um, in the movie. He's a that wrestler. That would have been a better Why introduction, not? yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're gonna get that. It's probably gonna be 2020 before we see that movie. Uh, Justin Lin is coming back to direct. So he did the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth versions of the Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious franchise. And if yeah, you don't four, follow. Five, six, Awesome. Yeah. So. And if you don't follow that, uh, he also did uh, Star Trek Beyond, which was the third in the J.J. Uh, uh, Abrams Star Trek movies. Ooh, very nice. Yep. All right. Uh, moving on to the next story. Tony, you got your uh, theme song ready for uh, Friend of the Show? For the Friend of the Show? <laughs> I wanted to shake it up a little different here. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> That was dumb. <laughs> that was just dumb. I should I I had it like mapped out before when I found that sound bite. I had a good little song with it, but I freaked out and I forgot it. So as the nerd world turns, it's our friend James Gunn. <laughs> so uh, James Gunn, we know, is producer on an upcoming horror movie. Comes out this month. When is it? May twenty fourth. So end of the month. But uh, as more information comes out and more trailers, we are finding out that it's sort of a retelling of the Superman story. But instead of Superman becoming this all-American hero, it's a kid with issues uh, in the, you know, the Smallville type area that he's in. And it becomes a full-on horror movie. And it looks fantastic. That should have been the intro. Sorry, I'm trying to stop it. <laughs> oh, man, we'll get the hang of this, maybe. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, James Gunn is almost taking a swipe at, uh, um, um, oh, what's his name, uh, Zack Snyder, his version of Man of Steel, uh, rewriting the Superman storyline to this horror. Uh, and it's called Brightburn. I don't think I mentioned that yet. In any case, it looks like a legit horror movie. And then you'll notice in the movie that uh, the kid's wearing this mask. And uh, Gunn came out recently and said that, uh, you know, he gave so many notes to the costume designer, Autumn Steed, who's actually the wife of the director, David Urefsky, um, that they went through so many variations and iterations of this mask before they found the right one. Because he was really looking for an iconic horror movie character look in the vein of Freddy Krueger, Leatherface, Jason, something that's going to resonate for a long time. And uh, even looking at the still and then, you know, the um, uh, previews or the trailers where his eyes are glowing, uh, I th I think they may have nailed it. I think so, too. What's with kids today, huh? No respect. 
I feel yeah. like there's some respect there for sure. Um, I think, dude, the trailer looks creepy as hell, man. It's, uh, I can't wait to see it. It's going to be good. And it got a uh, official R rating. So uh, we know it's not going to pull any punches, uh, pardon the pun, for being a uh, true horror movie. Yeah, I, so we'll definitely put the trailer up on the page so you can see it, but um, definitely looks twisted, man. Yeah, um, yeah. And Elizabeth Banks is in it, and I think that I, – I love the actress. She, she should be a lot of fun to watch mm-hmm. this movie. And, and it'd be nice, too. It, we haven't really got, like, a true – no one's gone off to branch out, like, classic – horror movies for like this generation where they could say like, Oh, when I was a kid, that movie was so scary. Um, you know, there are always remakes or rehashes of something, right. you know, like you have child's play coming out, but that came out when we were young and, and, and it excites us because we're like, Oh yeah, I remember that. But, uh, Brightburn looks to be original, fantastic. And then with our buddy, James Gunn, friend of the show, um, <laughs> it definitely, I think it's going to be great. So yeah. I look and I think- forward to that. I think the closest thing to those iconic horror movie type characters that uh, we're getting most recently are within the conjuring world. So you get Annabelle and the nun and, but even those, you know, don't hold a candle to the true horror icons that we grew up of the eighties. Right. So the conjuring, you've, you've said euthanasia and conjuring two Megadeth references on the show. (laughs) Um, so James Gunn, we know he's going to be super busy producing that movie. He's working on the Suicide Squad. And then uh, we just got a report that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, now that he's back in the Marvel camp, is looking to start shooting next year in 2020 um, with a 2021 release, more than likely. Yeah, and then yep. to kind of go back to... Uh... One other Avenger talk from earlier, uh, one of the parts where we leave Thor is Thor has given up new Asgard to Valkyrie and uh, he joins uh, the re-snapped Guardians of the Galaxy minus Gamora because Gamora died. So, But there is a different uh, Gamora running loose in the timeline. So um, I have a feeling we're going to be searching for this Gamora who is was who was not a part of the guardians uh, at that time. If you're still with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only that, but uh, you know, Thor even mentioned that uh, it could be a, a name or, you know, I don't know if we'll see it as guardians of the galaxy volume three, but it might be as guardians of the galaxy. Now that Thor is joining the group. Yeah. Well, I like that too. <laughs> Ooh, you should knife each other. There will be no knifing today. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, They haven't said where it falls into the next phase of Marvel movies. Obviously, it was pushed back from when uh, James Gunn was let go. And so uh, we'll have to see where it sits. But we know that at least it's coming. Start shooting next year. And we'll more than likely see it in 2021. Well, I look forward because it's going to be awesome. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, finally, the last bit of movie news is uh, we lost a iconic genre actor 
in the last few days. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, Peter Mayhew, who played Chewbacca. And, uh, you know, he was he's been struggling for a long time because of his height and, uh, you know, had a number of medical issues, um, so much so that for the last few Star Wars movies, they've had to bring in a different actor to play Chewbacca. But uh, the original Chewbacca, Peter Mayhew, did pass away. Um, you know, he's probably hanging out with uh, um, Carrie Fisher and. And R2-D2. R2-D2. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it always sucks when, you know, you hear about uh, these actors who, you know, you grew up with their work and loved it and, you know, they end up passing away. And, um, you know, he's, you know, luckily he lived a, a pretty long, full life and, and, you know, didn't pass from drug overdose or, or, or something that took him right too soon yeah so rest in peace peter mayhew we will miss you yeah. is that the undertaker <laughs> well yeah he died so. <laughs> that's just uh, a really cool song noise too <laughs> yeah All right, we're getting towards the end of the show here. We've got a little bit of video game news, and then we will let you be on your merry way. Looking at our recording time here, we're about an hour and 20 minutes in. Oh, that's uh, not too bad. We're not too much farther than we normally are. Yeah, yeah. I even have a little video game intro for us, you know? I think I found something for it. Fire up video game talk. feel like you're at the arcade now interesting yeah <laughs> yeah how's the uh, the old neo geo start out i know those oof memories so, so we're gonna talk about uh, some games here huh yeah and actually sort of referencing neo geo um we okay i'm gonna back up a little bit <laughs> so yeah, over the last neo geo? well <laughs> So the last few weeks, we've been talking about the uh, Sega Genesis Mini that's going to be coming out. And one of the games that we were really happy was going to be included on there was Earthworm Jim. Uh, One of the best games to come out on the Genesis by far. All of that goes to say that the developers of Earthworm Jim, the original team, are coming back and making a new version of Earthworm Jim. Here's the catch, and here's where the Neo Geo comes in. It's going to be on a new console that I wasn't even familiar with was coming back from Intellivision. Now, Intellivision fell somewhere right after um, uh, uh, Atari and right before the NES, but lived in the same era as uh, the Sega Master System um, uh, and even, you know, the beginnings of Neo Geo. And uh, it's weird that Intellivision is now trying to make a console comeback, considering the uphill battle they've got with Xbox, Sony, Nintendo, and now Google. Yeah, it's weird to me that they're going with this. I mean, I, I'm, I, when I first heard about this new Earthworm Jim, it was groovy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it, it was. The first two Earthworm Gyms were epic on Sega and Super Nintendo. A lot of fun. I was picturing it to be on like Xbox Live, Steam, uh, Switch, and uh, PS4 um, as a download. But unfortunately, we're getting it in uh, a new console. But I don't know where the uh, 
where the appeal is to have a new console. Well, and that's the so, thing. So it's in television. Uh, the console is called the Amico. Yeah. Um, it's not even supposed to launch till October 2020. So we still have a year and a half basically before it launches. In the meantime, you know, E3 is coming up. We're expected to get a new version of the Xbox, PlayStation 5. Uh, we've got uh, Google Stadia coming out, which should be a game changer. And uh, Nintendo Switch is well, you know, right in the conversation there, even though it's a going to be an older generation system when these other new ones come out. Uh, I don't see the need for Intellivision to throw their hat into the ring, and I don't know if they're going to be able to compete with those big game players. No, I, I honestly don't think they will. Um, as much as I, I want to see what this game looks like, it's got the original developers, um, creator. Everything about it sounds exciting, minus the platform they're jumping on. Yeah, um, and, and I, as I was preparing for this... I just don't see spending money for that. No. As I was preparing for this, in the article it said that uh, there was going to be a... Um, a live stream event May 4th. So as we're recording this on the 6th, it would have been two days ago uh, with the development team and in television talking about uh, the Amico system and all of that. So I did some research to see if there was any imagery of Earthworm Jim that came up from that and couldn't find anything. But what I did find is that between Twitch and YouTube for the live stream, at any given moment, they only had between 150 and 300 views. That's, that's not good nothing yeah that ain't good at all maybe everyone was at in game i don't know so with uh, unless you know their e3 appearance next year makes some sort of gigantic splash i see this die you know dead on arrival and hopefully if yeah. that's the case the team that's working on earthworm jim pivot and release it for uh you know the established systems that, that that's the only way because otherwise game over yeah <laughs> i mean that's it you're not uh you you're dead in the water you, yeah the, you you just you got to have a good platform to get it behind and your smartest bet is to get a part of the big three you know get your game on the switch i mean even if you're going to go exclusive at least go with the switch I yeah. mean, that's an on-the-go system with a lot of nostalgia throwback that makes it great for gamers our age and maybe to get hands, you know, in the hands of current gamers. And while you're at it, go out and re-release Earthworm Jim 1 and 2 to get your fans familiar in the meantime so people can go back and play it, you know? Like, maybe your boys could go back and play the game or other Well, listeners. they will on the Sega Mini. Well, yeah, they will <laughs> but, get the yeah. first one, but you got to have that second one too if you're gonna roll into part three. So, right. Well, um, with any luck, maybe they'll uh, include that as one of the next twenty games they roll out. Yeah, because you're instead of hearing, you're not gonna get that. It's gonna be game over. <laughs> All right, and then finally, we gave uh, two weeks ago a preview of Mortal Kombat 11. Tony has since gotten the game has been playing it, and I've been looking forward to his official review of the game because it looks exciting. Yeah. Guys, all I got to say is... No. Just, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. 
It is Mortal Kombat is back, man. This game is so addicting and fun. I've been playing it nonstop. Maybe I should not have hit that button um, because it just keeps going. So <laughs> good to know I can just hit another sound clip and that ends it. So there you go. If it's, yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, Mortal Kombat 11 is fantastic. Um, it's as good as it is gory, as some of the headlines will have it. Um, you know, just telling you what I've played a lot of. Um, I've played the tower system a lot. Um, uh, I've unlocked Frost for, uh, through story mode. Story mode is good. Uh, <laughs> Ronda Rousey is not the best as Sonya Blade, but it, you can get through it. <laughs> Um, but what I like is there's a whole time warp element to it. There's a lot of time shifting and time traveling in this game. So uh, characters from Mortal Kombat 1 will show up looking like they did in Mortal Kombat 1. And um, obviously not the graphic style, but what they looked like, right. you know. Do you from get access style. to the skins, to those Mortal Kombat? Yeah, you got to go through skins. the crypt to get it. Okay. You have to roam the crypt to get these things. And I was a little bummed there was a crypt glitch where you can unlock all the skins for each character. Um, So you have to perform 50 fatalities with each character, and then you have to find their grave in the tomb or in the crypt. You have to find their, their, their burial site and Mm. you, you you plant their head on a spike and it unlocks this chest and it gives you uh, their second fatality, another taunt, some skins and um, some different, different costumes, things like that uh, for your character. You know, so like if you wanted to play Shao Kahn and you 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 perform 50 fatalities with Shao Kahn throughout the game, you can go to the crypt and go drop the thing. Well, there was a glitch, which they frickin updated. If you just held the square button and you walk through the crypt and go over to their tombstone and just let go, it unlocked automatically. Would have been awesome because uh, for somebody that doesn't have a lot of time to devote all that crap, that would have been huge. Um, The graphics solid 10 uh beautiful game uh the fatalities are graphic as hell um entertaining to watch uh not that i'm morbid but just to see um just to see that it's uh it's just awesome um the toasty guy is in there so i'm, I'm glad i added him on our soundboard and uh, he's in the game if you uppercut enough and it sounds just like that so that's cool um, um with them slowing the gameplay down, do you find that's better or worse than like Mortal Kombat 10? Um, or is it much of a difference? Not much of a difference. No, like what I do like um, is if you're getting your ass kicked, um, they have a fatal blow. And uh, if you hold the two left and right triggers, I'm sure it's the same thing on the PS4. If you hit them together, you perform this wicked ass beat down combo that might as well be a fatality it's just brutal and uh you you get you right back in the game like your your health doesn't go up but it brings your opponent down to your level and then you're right there neck and neck and you gotta make sure you can pull it off so uh yeah the gameplay is fun there's so much to do you can play story you can build up ai characters to let them battle for you to do the unlocking um there's tons of different towers you can take. Uh, there's online play. There's uh, story mode. There's the crypt, which is like a game in itself, unlocking stuff with all the coins. And I have not uh, 
I have not found it to be boring in the least. I've nonstop had a lot of fun playing it. Highly recommend picking it up. Um, that's really all I got to say. And I mean, IGN where we, where I typically will get my reviews and stuff, you know, they go into depth and you could read a full on, uh, professional review. If you've got time <laughs> on our page, uh, IGN gave it a 9.0 amazing. Um, it is the best game in the 27 year old series. Thanks to a deep methodical new mechanics and fun story. Um, it's a rare fighting game that just hits about every note as strong as, as as it can everything from its methodical and deep combat to its fantastically absurd story mode and its rock solid net code right down to its extraordinary comprehensive tutorial is absolutely exceptional now i agree with that if you want to get good at this game the tutorial is a lot of fun to play and uh, the, the combos are really easy to to learn they're not hard fatalities you can unlock the one button fatality in the crypt like you could in part 10 uh-huh. But getting off the fatalities are rather simple. They're not. Oh, that. nice. Yeah. yeah. And what's good too is you can go to your moves list in the option menu and you can pin it to the screen. So when you're fighting and you're getting in the heat of battle, it's right there for you. And I'm I'm using like I'm like talking to the camera, which is <laughs> not being recorded. Um, but it makes it really easy because it'll tell you mid, close across the screen how you know where to pull it off and uh nine out of ten times i've pulled off the fatalities and brutalities are really easy to pull off in the game and uh, a lot of fun man a lot of fun very cool and the cool thing about this is that it's not the last we're probably going to talk about mortal kombat 11 because they haven't even announced the dlc characters yet um i'm just looking through there's some rumors they were talking that uh, ash was going to be you know from the evil dead oh and now, nice but now they're confirming that he's not um uh, another one they're talking about badass yeah another one they're talking about is spawn that could be good he could fit in really well yeah um and beyond that i not seeing much else so i don't know if you've heard any other rumors as uh you know as far as people they're going to include but uh there's going to be some cool news coming out yeah i agree i think if you guys can too you know down in the comment box you know or wherever you listen to your podcast which we we didn't mention at the top of the hour you can get right. it anywhere <laughs> um you can get it on google Podcasts, spotify stitcher apple podcasts um you can get it on plex you can get it wherever you're wherever you damn well want to get your podcast so um let us know um we we should do like a little segment where who do we think should be in there and you guys chime in like who would you like to see in this game um yeah. i'd love to see a robert england version of freddy krueger in this game mm-hmm. yeah it'll be it'll uh just... you know there's other horror franchise like um uh, pinhead would be a cool one from the hellraiser series oh wow yeah that would be cool i think even i think even chucky would be pretty bad yeah well and given that you know the movie's coming out soon leprechaun yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah i think it would be great so yeah so we can speculate uh, as tony mentioned follow us on our social media uh on Facebook, Proton Pack Podcast. On Instagram, at Proton Pack Podcast. Leave feedback. We love the feedback. Uh, give us your thoughts of who else would be good for it. And uh, as far as where you get your podcasts, please subscribe. You know, it's always great that you guys listen each and every week. Um, 
more subscribers we get, uh, the bigger we can grow and uh, get some more quality content out there for you. So I with- love you 3000. Oh. <laughs> Did you cut it out already? No, but I was going to give you the intro to do oh. the outro. <laughs> it's a trap. So, uh, Tony, if you want to take us out, what do you want to tell our listeners? I'm Batman. <laughs> yeah, that works. My belly.